Welcome to Country Christian this morning. It's a beautiful day out there. We don't have a sunny morning, but it is it's sunny inside, right? I, uh, I don't know about you guys, but this time of year I treasure our sunny days because, as most of you know, we live in a bowl, and bowls get filled. Sometimes they get filled with clouds and low-lying clouds and fog, so... Um, but today is a good day. Uh, just a couple thoughts I wanted to share. Um, looking at James chapter 1. If we go to James chapter 1, we're going to read verses 2 through 8. Had a couple thoughts there. Um, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Just a couple things I wanted to kind of zone in here a little bit. Um, first one is about wisdom. We've been kind of for our morning devotions going through the book of Proverbs, and I say going through the book of Proverbs because it's, it's kind of, a, as you guys know, Proverbs is pretty drawn out. Um, not drawn, I mean, I trying to think here. You don't really just read a full chapter of Proverbs and, and digest the whole Proverbs and walk away like, man, I, I got it. We started out doing that. We started reading sections. You know, I would read, it seems like the first few books, you could read 5, 10, 12 verses, half of the chapter, and, you know, it was a theme that kind of went together, and you could talk about those verses. But then I started getting further into those chap into the into the chapters, and boy, you start hitting these verses, and you're like, man, just that one verse, you could expound on that, because there's so much there, right? There's so much there about wisdom, and, um, you know, I, in thinking about this, we've, we've had some really good sermons recently, and even some openings, um, and I think over this last year, we've had a number of openings that have talked about fear, if we can remember. I know Don did one that... Um, Maybe it was even a sermon, I forget, but it was about fear not, right? Fear not. Uh, partly because we're living in some interesting times right now. I think our environment is just, you know, there's just stuff happening at a, at a corporate level. At a, at a kind of the, 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 the devil, I think, knows his time is limited and he's working amongst the nations. But So it could be a time that maybe we feel, I think we feel that a little bit more. Um, and there's, you know, there's kind of a spiritual atmosphere that we, we can sense that. And if we're not careful... If we're not plugged into the word, it does begin to um, cause worry and fear. And so as I was thinking about this, I was like, Lord, I don't, I don't really want to do another opening night on fear. Not that those were bad. They were great, right? Because we do. It's, it's, it's ultimately pointing us back to the word. But then I thought, you know, really there's wisdom and there's faith. Just a couple aspects of our faith that we can concentrate, I believe, that will help us deal with, those, with the fear and the anxiety that we can feel um, in our world today. First couple things, if we lack wisdom, well, if anybody, uh, I'd like to know if anybody's got the full 
if you filled up complete with wisdom, because I'd like to talk to you. Because my prayer is, is the more I learn, the more I realize, ah, man, I still need some wisdom. And, and um, as I read through Proverbs, I, I know one of my prayers of wisdom is, Lord, just help me to keep my mouth shut. There's, you know, <laughs> there's times where it's like, Lord, I, I, yeah, I could say something, but in reality, you know, wisdom is just let, let things happen sometimes and not try to control them, not try to um, offer my opinion all the time. I mean, there's a time for leadership, right? There's a time where we need to step up. There's a time where we need to speak, but there's a lot more opportunities where we need to listen, a lot more opportunities where we need to just say, you know what, Lord, I trust you. I don't have to manipulate that situation, um, but it says, he who lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally. I like that part. Liberally and without reproach, meaning he's not going to hold back from us. I wonder how many times in my life I've prayed, Lord, I, I, man, I need whatever. I need this, or I need that, or I need peace in my home, or I need... I need money. I'm not, you know, I can't pay, you know, and all these things these, that we need and, and wants. And in reality, we should have been asking more for wisdom, saying, Lord, give me wisdom in this situation. Because money and, and things can go. They can come and it can go. But when you have wisdom, it's like the concrete. It's, it's a foundation that we build on. So, so God is willing to give us wisdom liberally if we, would, if we ask of him. We think of King Solomon. I know he was, I think he's identified as one of the wisest um, people on earth at that time and, and one of the wisest kings. And it was because his prayer was, Lord, he sought after wisdom, right? He didn't seek after wealth. He didn't seek after these things. At least initially, he sought after the Lord and sought after wisdom. We need wisdom to navigate the weekly mind storms, and the issues of life. You know, as I mentioned earlier, we've, we've had some great openings on fear and, and whatnot, and sometimes I think, man, I don't really feel like I'm a person that's prone to fear. Um, some of us maybe are more so bent towards that. Some maybe aren't. But, but then I realize, well, wait a minute. I, I deal with mind storms literally every single week. There's something in my mind. If I'm not careful, I'm thinking about something, and I'm dwelling on something, and then I'm starting to get mad, and, and, you know, next thing you know, you're like, in your mind, you're like loading your magazines, like, dude, you're ready to go to war. It's like, what, what happened here? That guy just said, he just asked you not to do this, and now you're like, because your mind is going, you know? And so, mind storms, right? How do, we, how do we overcome those taking, you know, I know the scripture talks about taking every thought captive. The other aspect of this, let's go to... Um, Okay, verse 6, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. So faith is kind of the second aspect of this. We ask God for wisdom, Lord, I need, I need wisdom in this situation. I need to know how do I, you know, how do I deal with the situation with a relationship, with a spouse, with a child, with an employee, with... Um, a church situation. I don't know. How to help me change my heart? Give me wisdom. But then that prayer also needs to be asked in faith, as it says here, and then and then acted upon. Often I think of uh, what's the what's the word that kind of goes with faith? You know, faith and action. Right? Faith includes some action, which means we 
we begin to act upon our faith. We don't just say a little prayer, oh, Lord, help me do this, and then we never, ever, um, we never read our Bibles. We never, you know, we just say a prayer, well, God, just give me faith, and, and we never act upon that. Um, one, there's one uh, passage in, in the Gospels that I want to read that really is an example of faith that, um, it's awesome. There's a couple times where, that I can think of, that Jesus was, he marveled at somebody's faith. And he marveled at when they came to him and they demonstrated this faith and, and he pointed it out to where it's, now we can read and we go, wow. One of those uh, is Matthew chapter 15, real quick. I'll read it. Um, it is the Gentile woman that came to Jesus that had a, um, a, a child who was demon-possessed. So we look at Matthew 15, verse 21. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the regions of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came to that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. Obviously, this woman didn't just cry one time and then just go, well, he's not saying anything. He's ignoring me. I'm, I'm going to go. No, he, she kept. She was urgent. There was an urgency there. As she continued to pursue him, crying out to him, he answered at one point, he said, I was not sent to the, house, to the lost. I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So basically, I'm not sent to, to you. I'm sent to, to the church at that time. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Can you imagine if any of us, husbands, can you imagine if we, if we talked to our wives like this? A, if we ignored them like Jesus did. Right? When I do that, I just... I, Maybe I'm just being like Jesus, but it never works out that, that good. <laughs> so, but he was, he, was, he, was, he was walking in the calling, the ministry that he was called to, correct? He, was, he had been called to the Jewish people, his people. But he said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. I mean, that, that really is kind of offensive if you think about that. And, uh, but this is the, this is the awesome part. And, and, and she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. She acknowledged that. She said, yeah, you're right. You come, you come to your church. You've come to your church, but I still have a need here. My, my daughter is demon possessed and she is, she's desperate, right? And so she is coming in faith and her faith is not allowing her just to hear no one time, or be ignored, and then turn around and go, well, I guess that's it. No, her faith was, I'm going to press in a little bit more until I get that answer. And then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. I love that. I love that scripture. And I, but I read that, and I think, then I kind of self-reflect and I go, man, do I, am I pressing? Am I, in my faith, do I have that kind of desperation when I pray, when I seek after the Lord? And quite frankly, I have to be honest, a lot of times I don't. A lot of times I, I'm kind of casual. Um, but I think this, in, in, in closing, the summary is, is that our world is different now, isn't it? 
and, and, and things are changing. And quite frankly, it's, I think it's exciting. I mean, I, the more I learn about things, it's, it's very interesting. I, um, I've been on this little kick for the last couple of months, learning about macroeconomics, trying to learn about the Federal Reserve, learning about why, what is inflation? Why, why are we experiencing inflation? Why do we have that? Learning, you know, how do you keep your money and like not have it like literally go down in value just by sitting in the bank? And so all of these things, I, I, it's, it's fascinating as we learn the things that are going on at high levels. It, it could cause fear, but in reality, it's, it's also very exciting. And it's exciting to see what God is going to do during this time. But we need to walk in wisdom. We need, to, we need to walk in faith and walk in wisdom. And I think we're coming to that time where we need to uh, kind of not be lazy as Christians, not be lazy in our walk. You know, I think for a long time it's easy to be when we have a good, when we're blessed with a great church family, when we're blessed with good families, or we have, you know, if we have marriages that are relatively strong, we think, well, man, we're, hey, we're, this is the benefits of, you know, following the Lord or whatever, and if we're not major huge needs in our lives, we're tempted to, I think it's human nature, we kind of get, we can let off the gas a little bit. But I, I feel like the Holy Spirit is challenging me to, to press in and seek after wisdom. Seek after wisdom for my family, for all the different areas of our lives. And, uh, and in doing that, doing that with some faith, right? Combining it with some faith and pressing in. And, and knowing that God will answer those prayers. God will answer those prayers for wisdom. God will strengthen our faith. And, um, and in reality, you know what? We can continue during this time with, with a sense of excitement and, and a joy because ultimately Jesus has paid the price, has he not? And he is um, he's doing a good work. I know in my life he is, and I believe in everybody here in this church, he's doing a good work. And so... I've used up my time. Uh, why don't we go ahead and stand, worship team? Why don't you come on up and uh, let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity this morning. Thank you for each one, Father, that's here, that has chosen to be here this morning. Um, Lord, you know each and every need. You know the things that we face, Father. But Lord, I thank you that you are faithful. You are faithful to grant us the things, our prayers, Lord, when we seek after wisdom, when we seek after you. Father, when we have just a little ounce of faith, but when we act upon that faith, Lord, that you will respond. Thank you for the examples in your scripture and in your word that show us and that we can build upon and we can build our faith on. And so, Lord, may you be honored this morning as we worship you. Thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. I uh, am excited to be here again. I usually am. Uh, I think I gave my elders and deacons a little bit of a scare last night because I was, last night at about 6 o'clock, I had next to no voice at all. And I thought, well, I probably should at least uh, give somebody a heads up just in case it doesn't come back. Uh, but it did, and I'm very thankful for that. It's maybe not as strong, but that's why we have a mic. So I don't have to talk quite so loud. Uh, this is exciting what's going on here this morning uh, and where we're going uh, in Galatians chapter 5. We're going to talk about the, 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 the fruits of the Spirit. And I just was excited. No, the, the question that I'm going to throw out is how, um, how do we walk in the Spirit? 
How do we learn to walk in the Spirit? And I want to just say that we heard an example of it this morning with what Farmer Fox did. And it isn't anything special that he did. It's just that he was willing to stop. And, you know, we have opportunities that come up in our lives, I think, a lot more than we realize if we're paying attention. So how do we learn to walk in the Spirit? Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to finish chapter 5 this morning, verses 16 through 26. So if you want to turn there, or it's on the screen as well. <clears throat> I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. How do we learn to walk in the Spirit? Because really, if our heart is to serve our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that is what our desire should be, is to learn to no longer walk in the flesh, but to walk in the Spirit. And let me tell you, sometimes it's a lot easier to walk in the flesh, because if we just allow our fleshly body to do what it wants to do, it will lead us down. You, you, we read what the works of the flesh are, and none of those really sound very positive to me. We're going to read uh, a couple of different places. I want to read in uh, Romans chapter 6. We're going to be a little bit out of Romans this morning. <clears throat> Romans chapter 6, a couple of verses there. Uh, verses 12 through 14. Therefore, do not let sin resign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. And remember, we've been talking a lot in Galatians about not the need to not have to live under the law anymore, but to be able to live under grace, which Christ established when he came and died and rose again for us. We are not required to live under the law any longer. <clears throat> so walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. If we can learn to focus, if we do not get distracted by the things of this world, and we can learn to keep our focus on Christ, which is very sometimes very difficult to do, and I don't, I'm not saying that I have that figured out for sure, but if we can continue to work at that, then I really believe that the Holy Spirit will continue to guide us, and we can learn to walk more in the Spirit, and we will be more aware of things around us, because I don't know if you've ever experienced the Spirit trying to share something with you. 
I was trying to think of, of what it might be. If you're trying to, this is usually happens when you're younger, but not always, but if you're trying to learn to ride a bike, okay, and you, you, you get on a bike and you, it takes you a little bit, you know, and a lot of times with kids, you, as the dad, you hold the back of the seat and you kind of try to keep them guided and then pretty soon you let go and they don't realize at first that they're going without you holding onto the seat because they still have confidence that you're holding onto the seat. But once you get it, once you can do it, once you figure out how to keep your balance on this bicycle, opens up a whole new world. And you know, sometimes we're trying to learn how to walk in the spirit, and maybe we ask people, hey, what does this look like? How is this supposed to happen? What are we supposed to do? What are, how is this supposed to work? And maybe we get some direction, maybe we sit, get some guidance on what it's supposed to look like. But until we step out, until we are willing to try it, until we are willing to step out in what might be a little bit uncomfortable, and willing to be used and walk in what the Spirit has for us. And I think sometimes once we have experienced that a couple of times, we start to understand this is what this is. And it's exciting to be able to use, be used by God, to be able to bless somebody because God has impressed upon me just to make a phone call or to stop and help somebody alongside the road or whether it's selling Bibles at the Bible bookstore, whatever it might be, whatever the Lord impresses on you to do. I've told you this before, and I'll tell you again, if you wake up in the middle of the night and the Lord impresses you to pray for me, please do, and I will do the same. Because we, we too often write these things off as a coincidence, or, well, that just, you know, that was the luck of the draw, or whatever we might say. No, no, no. I would challenge you to change your perspective and to change your wording when things like that happen. Now, I understand that we can sometimes maybe get carried away with it a little bit too much as well, but let's be real. Let's just be real. Are we willing to learn to walk in the Spirit? Romans, again, in chapter 8 this time, <clears throat> verses 1 through 8. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are, who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And I just want to point out, the point that says, <clears throat> for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. How are you living today? Just because we learn to walk in the Spirit, it doesn't take away the fleshly desires that we have, and we're still going to walk at times in the flesh. 
just is. We live in a world that's broken. We live in a world that's shattered, that God is coming back for. But in the meantime, we need to keep our focus. If we keep our mind on earthly things, we're going to live according to the flesh. We still have fleshly desires, so the desire to walk in the spirit must be stronger than that of the flesh, and that's really hard to do sometimes because the desire of the flesh is very, very strong. But you know that the God that we serve is stronger than that. He's stronger than that, and he can guide us and he can lead us into walking in the spirit. Uh, Another one in Romans chapter 7 verses here. Just previous to what we read a little bit ago. Romans chapter 7, verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me. The one who wills to do good, for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. So it's talking about how we know what we would like to do, but we can't do it, or we don't do it, and we know what we don't want to do, but yet that's what we find ourselves doing. And I don't want to, I, I don't want to make any mistake. I want us to realize that there is a battle going on inside of each one of us. It's the flesh versus the spirit. If we have come to know Christ as our Lord and Savior, and if we are desiring to live for him, then let's make no mistake, there is a war going on inside of you. And it will continue to go on inside of you until Christ returns. Because we will be battling the flesh. We want to do, our body wants to do what it wants to do, but our, the spirit that we're trying to walk in is trying to lead us in a different direction, and they are not in the same direction. In fact, they're in opposite directions. And so who are we going to follow? Who are we going to listen to? Which one are we going to listen to? It is only possible to walk in the Spirit when we follow Christ's example and allow him to guide our thoughts and our actions. Again, Romans 6.14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. We are living under grace. We no longer have to live under the law. We no longer have to follow all the rituals and things that the law entailed because God, Jesus came and he died and he now allows us to live under grace. I want to read James 
chapter 3. Verses 13 through 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But in the wisdom that from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Where are you going to focus your thoughts and your energies? Are we seeking after the right wisdom? Zach mentioned the wisdom just a little bit this morning, but are we seeking after the right wisdom? Are we seeking after the world's wisdom or are we seeking after God's wisdom? Because that's going to determine whether, whether or not or how well we're, we are going to be able to walk in the Spirit. Because if we're seeking after the world's wisdom, that is not going to lend itself to walking in the Spirit. That's going to lend itself to walking in the flesh. These, uh, in, back in Galatians, it gives us uh, a, a lot of examples of what the works of the flesh are. The works of the flesh. If you're being, if you're, <coughs> excuse me, thinking according to the flesh, and if you're giving those thoughts and, you, and you're spending a lot of time there, this is what the works of the flesh are going to produce, and it's not pretty. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. And maybe you can say, well, I, you know, I don't think I really struggle with any of those, but the thing is, <clears throat> encapsulated in all of those is everything that we struggle with in the flesh. It's all there. It's all there. And if we're going to walk according to the flesh, that's going to be the outcome. And it also says, it goes on in Galatians to say that, let me find it. <clears throat> And the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It can't be. You don't have to look very far in our world today to see the, works of the, the evidence of the works of the flesh. They are very, very evident. And the question is, and I, might, and I hope that that's not what's evident in my life, and I hope that's not what's evident in your life. Because we're going to get to the better part of what we would like to be evident in our lives. But I want to I read um, a couple verses out of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. It says, therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. 
But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talk nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. You know what I hear out of this? Is get away from these things as fast as you possibly can. These things are there. We're going to run into these things in our lives. We live in, again, we live in a world that is broken, but it says let's not even let it be mentioned. What does it say here? Uh, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Let's not even find these things present. Now, we still fall, and we may still find ourselves with some of these things present in our lives. But you know what? God, again, is so much bigger than that. He is willing to meet you right where you are. Right where you are. You don't have to clean all of these up and get rid of them all out of your life, and then we'll get back to God and we'll, and we'll ask him what he wants us to do. No, he wants you to come to him the way that you are. Last week I said, live as you are called. You don't have to clean all these things up. You just come to him and he will save you and he will give you the Holy Spirit. And then we can start talking about walking in the Spirit. And when we start talking about walking in the Spirit, then we can start talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And this is the good news. This is the good news about the passage. And this is exciting because the fruits of the Spirit, if you want to call it, contradict or counteract everything in the works of the flesh. Everything. All of it. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. There's laws against the works of the flesh. The fruits of the Spirit, there's no law against those. You can do that as much as you would like. If we are attempting to walk in the Spirit, we're trying to learn how to walk in the Spirit, you are going to start seeing some of these fruits. Or whether you can see them or not, maybe other people that we bless because of what, how the Spirit is leading us, can see them. But we, have to be, we have to be willing to allow the Spirit to guide us. And if we're not willing to allow the Spirit to guide us, and, and sometimes I know, I, I've said this a lot of times before, I don't always feel like the Spirit's talking to me. And I'm sure you have felt the same way before too. But you know that it isn't, the spirit that has changed. It's not Jesus that changed. It's me that maybe is not listening. Or it's me that's maybe not putting the time in, spending the time in the truth, spending the time reading the word, spending the time asking for the spirit to work through me. It isn't the spirit that changed. Sometimes maybe we get too busy trying to see the fruit in other people's lives. I do that too much. And I forget to focus on mine. 
Because I can see fruit in other people's lives and I can say, hey, you know, the Lord has blessed you with this and, and, and that's okay. We need to be encouraging to one another in that way. But let's not get distracted and so focused on trying to see the fruit in other people's lives that we forget about our own. Last week I read out of John 15 that talked about staying connected to the vine. Jesus is the vine. We're the branches. We, stayed connect, we stay connected to him. That's where the fruit comes from. That's how we are able to walk in the spirit. That's how we can experience the fruits of the spirit. If we disconnect ourselves from the vine, if we disconnect or cut ourselves off from Jesus, we don't have a whole lot of hope to be experiencing any of these fruits of the Spirit. Instead, we're probably more likely to be experiencing the works of the flesh. Luke chapter 9. This choice of learning to walk in the Spirit, you know, we can say, well, we made it one time. I made it, you know, 10 years ago. <clears throat> and if anything changes, maybe God will let me know. No, this is something that we make a choice daily. You get up in the morning, Lord, show me what you want me to do. Spirit, guide me, direct me, give me wisdom, give me boldness, give me grace for somebody, whatever it might be. You want to look at, you want to look at the disciples after the, resurrect, or after the ascension into heaven and the Holy Spirit came to them, and you read in Acts what those disciples started doing? It's incredible. You want to get excited about God, about Jesus and what he's done for you. You start reading through the book of, book of Acts and you look at those disciples and, and uh, it was shared about the chosen this morning and, and they were ordinary people. They were uneducated, ordinary people. You don't have to be uneducated to be ordinary. But God used them. The Holy Spirit came on them and they became so bold that they went right back in and started preaching. And they would get thrown in prison and they would get out of prison. And you know what they would do? They went back and started preaching again. That's what the Holy Spirit can do in our lives if we will allow him to do this. But in, in Luke chapter 9... 23 through 25, it says, Then he said to them, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? It's a daily decision that we make. We get up, we ask the Holy Spirit to guide our day. I hope and I pray that you do that. I try to do that on a regular basis. I'm not saying that I always walk that way every day, but that's what my desire is. I want the Spirit to work through me. I want Him to use me to minister to people, to share with people, to share the hope that we have in a world that is living in fear. Oops. Right now. We have a world that is living in fear, and we have hope that can overcome this fear. But I want the Holy Spirit to give me the boldness to share that with people. And he will. He will. I don't know how close he will go to opening your mouth in front of somebody, but if you are willing to step into a situation, he will give you what to say. He'll even give you what to say. 
You just have to be willing. A couple of questions here. <laughs> We're just about done. <coughs> Are we listening for the Spirit? Are we trying to hear what the Spirit might be saying? Are we spending any time listening? I don't know about you, but when I read or I'm studying or something, I sometimes have a hard time with just sitting there and not reading something or doing something. And I struggle with just being patient and listening. And I know I'm not the only one that does that, but are we willing to just listen? There's sometimes that we just need to be quiet and listen. If we stop talking long enough, we might hear what the Spirit is trying to tell us. <clears throat> uh, back to Galatians. In verse 24, And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. Now, there's one thing. It's, we, are, we are so good at looking at somebody else's life and seeing how we feel like the Spirit is working through them. And then we get even more upset because we don't feel like the Spirit is working through us the same way that He's working through you. And I think there's just a warning here to be careful of that, be aware of that. If we are all <clears throat> keeping our focus on Jesus and we're all trying to learn how to walk in the Spirit, then there's no reason for us to be jealous because all of a sudden you talk about being jealous, we go right back to the works of the flesh. That was one that was listed in there. And all of a sudden we find ourselves right back there. And again, daily we say, Lord, you know, forgive me, I'm sorry. I want to walk in your spirit. I want to be sensitive to what the spirit is telling me. Philippians chapter 2 Verses 1 through 4. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interests of others. Let's, again, last week I ended by saying let's not tear each other down. And I think it would, it would apply the same here. Let's not become envious or jealous of what somebody else might have. But rather, let's be excited. Can you do that? Can you be excited for somebody? You ever uh, uh, been going to go on a, you hear about somebody that's going on a vacation that you would really like to go on? And it sometimes can be but you're not going to be able to, and sometimes it's a little bit hard to be excited for them because you're a little bit jealous, and you really want to be the one that's going. But can we be excited for people? Can we be excited for someone that the Spirit is working through, that we can see some of the fruits of the Spirit in their life? Can we be excited? Can we be encouraging to them? And use, we're not supposed to necessarily set our life after the example of another person, but can we use that to, to be encouraged? <clears throat> we are so easily distracted from what the Lord is trying to, from what the Spirit is trying to say. 
And, you know, I, I was looking at <clears throat> and watching The Chosen and a couple other things and, and reading and, and the disciples and how excited they were and, and wanting to share the gospel. And they were not, they were not, or it didn't appear that they were inhibited by what other people thought. And there's too many times in my life that I may not share something or I may not follow through with what I think the Spirit is asking me to do because I'm afraid of what somebody might think. Let's not be inhibited by that. We can be so distracted, and this distraction is thinking, well, what, what, the, what are they going to say? That's kind of dumb. The more I think about it, it sounds kind of dumb, and I don't think I'm going to do it after all. No, I would encourage you, if it doesn't contradict Scripture, do it. The Holy Spirit impresses on you to do something, do it. As we go, four different things. Deny the fleshly desires. Let's not give place to them. Let's work hard against them. Let's not allow them to control our lives. Let's recognize that there is a battle going on. The flesh versus the spirit. The spirit is stronger if we allow it to be. Third one is stay connected to the vine. If we stay connected to Christ, he will continue to guide us. He will fill us with his spirit and he will lead us. And the last one is it's a daily choice that we have to make. It's a daily choice. Are you ready every day to make that choice? To ask the Holy Spirit to guide you as you go about your day. Stand up with me, if you would, please. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit that you have sent to work through us, to use us, to be bold, to share grace, to share your love, whatever the situation might be. Lord, I pray that we can continue to focus on hearing what the Spirit might be saying to us. Lord, pray for that you would just give us uh, patience. Sometimes it takes patience just to wait to hear. I pray, Lord, that you would guide us as we go from here. I just pray a special blessing on each person that's here. I pray that they can be listening for what you might be sharing with them. Lord, if there's opportunity that you put in their path to share your love with people, I just pray that you would open their eyes to see that. Help them to be willing and available when the opportunity does come. Thank you, Father, for your love. I just pray that you would guide us, bless our week. We thank you for watching over us. In your name we pray, amen.